Hi, this is David Hughes, your usual host for Worldwide Technologies Tech 17 podcast series. I wanted to tell you briefly about a first for Tech 17, our first series of podcasts on a single topic. We are very excited for this series, which will be on AI operations or AI ops. This four-part series will be dropped on the Tech 17 channel over the next eight weeks. The series will be hosted by my colleague, Jazz Binning. Jazz and his guests are part of WWT's UK team, based in London. So take a listen to this first episode and look for other episodes in our AI Ops series and other Tech 17 episodes coming up soon. Hello and welcome to the WWT Tech 17 podcast, which brings together experts from WWT, our partners and our customers to talk about what's going on in today's IT landscape. I'm Jazz Binning, Managing Consultant at WWT, and it's great to have you all with us. Now, the technology world is drowning in fluffy phrases and complex acronyms. So you could be forgiven for turning off when a new one rears its head. And one has. The latest buzzword gathering pace is AI ops. Given the volume of noise it's generating, we think it's a subject worthy of quite a bit of exploration. So we have decided to dedicate a series of podcasts to it in order to understand what it really means, why you should care about it, what its practical applications are, and how businesses can go about implementing it. In this first episode, we are looking specifically at the what and the why of AI ops. So when I say we here, I'm not using it in the royal sense. I'm very pleased to be joined by Keith Whiteside, director of E2 Tech. Welcome, Keith. Please tell us a bit about yourself. Hey, Jazz. Well, firstly, uh, it's great to be here and thanks so much for the um, for the opportunity to come and talk to what I believe is a really interesting topic. Uh, so as you said, my name is Keith Whiteside. I'm a director at E2 Tech. Um, we are focused on helping our clients deliver more effective and efficient uh, technology operations and productions capabilities, uh, whilst always maintaining a focus on achieving and understanding the business outcomes and objectives. Prior to E2 Tech, which we started just under a year ago, I've spent about 30 years within the financial services sector. I started working in the business operations space, then moved to trading, and then for the last 20 years, I've spent predominantly in production roles at a large financial institution um, where I ended up responsible for the application support across the group, uh, managing global large operational teams across multi-platform setup, supporting all of the business areas. Fantastic. So let's jump straight into it. So beyond the buzz, we, we pick a technology topic, which is creating a buzz in the industry, and we really yep. look to define it. We look to shape it. We look to see how businesses can start adopting and leveraging said concept. Today's concept is AI ops. So I'm going to kick us off here, Keith, by asking you to define AI ops. Okay, well, the, the simplest um, definition that I've seen for AI ops, it's the application of artificial intelligence for IT operations. My simple view is more that I would describe it as hands-free operations, technology-enabled hands-free operations. So hands-free operations, why should modern organisations care about this? So firstly, it's the utopian drive to zero incidents. So reducing downtime and minimising the business impact of operational incidences. Enabling change and in many cases rapid change into the production environment with minimal disruption. And lastly, but by no means least, is always the drive to increase efficiency and achieve more for less. So those sound like the objectives of AI ops, but what are the key pain points that organizations are experiencing and that you've seen in your past which are driving the need for this technology? Okay, well, 
firstly, I would say there's the paradox of more for less. Um, so on one hand, we're seeing very much an increase in complexity within the operational environments. A lot of movement to cloud, a lot of implementations of microservices, the virtual environments that are being introduced, all significantly helping businesses achieve their outcomes through technology. But at the same time, they're introducing more components, more technology layers. Those components need to talk to each other. There's more connectivity, more connectivity. There's more points of failure. So the probability of incidences within the operational environment is increasing due to this increased complexity that we're seeing. Not only that, with the move to digital, businesses are building more, technology teams are building more new stuff. With that, the theory is that the old stuff and the legacy will get removed from the environment. In practice, what we've seen is that maybe 80% of the legacy applications and infrastructure can be removed and is moved to the new, but that last 20% can be quite difficult to remove. Therefore, again, you end up with more components in the environment whilst that legacy is being removed. So with this increased complexity, on the flip side, we see the continuing push to reduce run costs and improve efficiency within the environments. A lot of that due to the manual nature of the operational environment and therefore the drive to reduce that, gain better automations, use technology more, let the machines do the work rather than be manual. There's a big drive in that direction. Add to that when things are manual, scalability is difficult. So businesses that want to grow, scale their volumes, grow their volumes, etc., find that really difficult when processes are manual. Therefore, you know, a big drive in that direction. And last but by no means least on the cost side, the higher your run costs, the less investment the businesses are able to make in their R&D areas and continue to move their business forward. So on the topic of, of cost and revenue, let's flip now to, to an example just from two years back. It was Amazon and it's Black Friday. Now, Amazon experienced simply a one hour outage to their storefront. That was uh, reported to have led to a loss in sales of over $100 million. So 60 minutes, $100 million. Could you talk a little bit around the impact of thoughts and the tolerance towards them in the organisations that you've been a part of? Yeah, sure. I think as I talk about the move to digital, the heavier reliance on technology, businesses are completely dependent on technology in a lot of cases now. With that, the tolerance for downtime is significantly reducing. I think a lot of business areas now are recognising in certain areas that there is no manual workaround. If the technology is down, that business is out. Therefore, that, that's a real pressure on the tolerance levels and this drive for much, much higher availability, zero incidents, etc. I mean, that makes complete sense. If I look at my own personal life, even consumer applications that I use on a day-to-day basis, that, that point trans, translates almost directly. If, if something doesn't work... I'm going to go to one of the competing products or, or a competing service. So completely in line with that. Absolutely. Is, is there anything else that you feel is driving this, this almost movement towards AI ops? Yeah, pr- probably the last point I would raise is a key challenge area to the objectives that I previously outlined is with this additional complexity, there's much more data within the operational environments. Now, if I look at the standard process of incident resolution and management of the operational environments, one of the first things that you do is analyse the data within that environment to find out what's going on, which may have caused an incident or what may 
be going on in that environment in terms of looking for trends, problem areas, etc. With additional components, more complexity, there's much more data. The ability to manually analyze that now is, is beyond limits. Therefore, we really need the technology to come in to help us manage these large amount of data that we see in the operational environment. So almost a, a data overload. Absolutely. If AI ops is, is coming into to modern organisations to help with that data complexity, to help with that you know, constraint on budget, how exactly is it going to resolve these issues for us? Well, maybe the first thing I'd like to highlight is that one of the elements around the concept of AI ops is that it embraces complexity. Historically, there's been big pushes to simplify, reduce complexity, etc. But as I've talked about, it's only increasing. The concept of AI ops and the technologies that support it are embracing that. So it really helps you manage this complex environment and know that the ethos in which these solutions are being developed and delivered is to help manage complexity, not remove it. So therefore, with that, and as I mentioned earlier, AI Ops I see very much as a technology enabling hands-free operations. Engineering the solutions which will help you generate rich data, be able to consume that data, analyze it, decide what to do with it and take automated action is going to make a marked change on how teams and organizations can operate their environments. Firstly, therefore, it will help you manage the large amounts of data by the machines. Secondly, that ability to consume and analyze it and make decision will be reduced significantly when the machines are doing it rather than humans reading that data. Then t automatically taking the action off the back of that will hopefully get that end-to-end hands-free engineered execution to either resolve incidents or proactively avoid them in the first place. So A, it will help us manage that complexity through technology. B, it will help us manage the large amounts of data that are out there in those environments through technology. C, it will help reduce the costs because you're engineering technology solutions rather than manual. And D, it'll ultimately achieve the business outcomes that we're all looking to, to achieve, which is increased availability, reduced downtime and improved MTTR across the environment. So Keith, I'm in agreement with you on the majority of those points, but I guess one area that I really want to focus down and challenge you a bit on is, is it seems that in the technology industry, anything associated or attached to artificial intelligence or AI seems to be exponentially growing. If you look at AI ops as a technology concept, it seems to be on the minds of CIOs, CXOs and, and budget holders. Look at Gartner, they've, they've now created a magic quadrant all around AI mm. ops. But why are we seeing this focus now? I think what it brings is scale. So AI ops, to be honest, in my view, it's not a new concept, but the, the framing of it nowadays is, is providing a framework within which to deploy all of those elements and technology that together support this concept of AI ops. So you've seen a lot of organizations over the last few years have been deploying the solutions um, within within their space, the, the AppDynamics, the Moogsofts, the Splunks, the Turbonomics, etc. However, they've not necessarily been done within a specific type of framework. AIOps has now given that platform to define those frameworks and then think about how you deploy at scale. Um, you know, as I say, it's not new. I've seen, you know, numerous examples of what has been deployed over past years that are 
have brought pockets of success within meeting those challenges that we outlined earlier. For example, uh, we had one deployment of AppDynamics um, that, that I'd seen where there had been an incident going on in the operational environment. You had development teams, production specialists, teams all focusing on resolving this incident, all hunting down the reams of data that were around the application to try and focus where the problem was. Um, we then had one resource who had recently joined the team, very little experience in the application itself, but knew AppDynamics and was able to pinpoint the problem much faster um, than, the, than the specialists were able to do. And we got to the root cause very, very quickly and got it resolved much faster than the, the, the method of uh, the data analysis that we were going through manually. So, you know, and that, those are benefits that we've seen in previous years. Secondly, there's the, the aspect of this technology tells you things you don't necessarily know about your environment. So, as I said, the data challenge that we see, the ability to consume the data, these solutions now do that. So, you know, historically, and again, recent years, I've seen examples where we've deployed some of these solutions and the information coming out within the first week has told us much, much more about that application stack than we ever knew before. Um, and that has really helped us pinpoint areas of focus to either reduce incidents that we were seeing or avoid them in, uh, in the long term. And lastly, you know, I've seen examples of where we've been able to generate good data and put that data in the hands of the business, take technology out of the equation um, and be able to have the business see their own data on the environments on which they're running. Um, whenever they've got that, they can make better business decisions. They can uh, ring back um, their business volumes if they see systems nearing capacity limits, or they can increase them if they see plenty of headroom within those systems. So, you know, these are all examples that I've seen in the past already where these technology solutions are providing real value. AI ops as the concept and as it's being promoted now really helps organizations think about how they can scale that across their environments and move from pockets of success to whole scale success. So thank you, Keith. That really helps bring the practical applications of AI ops tools and technologies to life. It's safe to say that AI ops is, is much more than just a buzzword. It's something that businesses really need to consider and invest in today. Absolutely. There's huge potential in this space, and I think it really helps solve some of those questions that are, that are out there today. So unfortunately, that's all we have time for today, but there is much, much more to explore on this topic. Keith talked about some of the key pain points that are driving a real need for AI ops, and these introduce a couple of interesting paradoxes which we will delve into in more detail on our next two podcasts in this series. Specifically, in podcast two, we'll get stuck into the IT operations paradox of doing more with less. Here, we will discuss how AI ops can help resolve the challenges of managing the increasing environmental complexity in operations, while resources and budgets continue to be squeezed. Then, in podcast three, we will look at getting data smart with IT operations. We'll deep dive on the massive proliferation of data that operations teams now have to deal with which can often obstruct the causes of application performance issues and platform downtime. We'll examine AIOps roles in servicing important data and what the broader knock-on effects for the business can be. Finally, in podcast four, we'll discuss the business challenges AIOps can solve 
and the best ways to get started with AIOps tools and technologies. For now, massive thanks again to Keith Whiteside from E2 Tech. My pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about anything that we've discussed today, please take a look at the links in the podcast notes or visit our website at www.t.com. And if you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the Tech 17 podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.